0: saraswatye namaha om shri sadguruve namaha om samast kalyani niratam karuna mayam namami chimmayam devam sadguram brahmavidvaram bhavane shankaravande shri Siddha Vishwasarupinam Yabhyam Vinana Pashyanti Siddha Swantastham Vasudevasutam Deva Kamsachanu Ramadhanam Devaki Paramanandam Krishnam Vande Jagat Ramaya Rama Bhadraya Ramachandraya Vedase Raghunathaya Nathaya Sita Yahpataye Namaha Buddhairvalam Yashodharyam Nirbhayattva Marogata Ajadyam Vakpatuttvancha Hanumat smaranat bhavir. Yam brahma varunendra rudra marutah. Stonvanti divvistavaihi. Vedai sangapadakramopanishadaihi. Gāyantiyam samagāha dhyana vastita tadgaten manas pasantiyam yogin yasyaantam na vidus sura suragana devaya namaha devaya namaha Om Namah Shivaya Om namashivaya. Om namashivaya, Om Om Namashivaya, om Shivaya <coughs> Om Namah Om Namah Om Namah Om Namah Om Namah Om Namah Shivaya Om Namah Shivaya Om Namah Shivaya Haya Namah Parvati Vataye Har Har Mahade Hariyam So Esha Te Vihita Sankhye Buddhir Yogit Vimam Shrano So Bhagwan tells Arjuna that I have already revealed to you the Sankhya Buddhi which is the knowledge of the self wisdom of the self but that can be gained only when you do the spiritual sadhana and get established in that and that is called Yoga Buddhi so Karma Yoga beginning with karma yoga and slowly it proceeds to the higher stages of sadhana ultimately leading to the state of uh, samadhi so bhagwan before uh, explaining the importance of this uh, or the actual uh, process of karma yoga he gives the importance and compares karma yoga with ordinary action that there are no defects in Karma Yoga. There are this uh, avikrama and pratyavai is not there. There is no loss of effort in Karma Yoga. It always leads to inner purity. Whatever be the outer situation. There is no contrary result. It is always positive. Even a little bit of following this path, one becomes free of all fears. In this path, there is single-pointedness of vision. There is this conviction about our goal and about our path. In case of ordinary karma, Bhagavan says there is multitude of distractions And ultimately a person doesn't gain anything. Because exactly we don't know where we have to go. What is our goal and what we want in life is not very clear. When things are not clear, then the life moves in a confused way only. So Bhagwan says such people will not be able to establish in that samadhi. They will not be able to calm their mind, quieten their mind, purify their mind, and ultimately they will not be able to attain the state of Samadhi. It can be attained only when we follow the path of Karma Yoga sincerely. Then, after convincing Arjuna, Bhagavan says that uh, all these Vedas, means the Karmakanda portion of the Vedas or the initial portion of the Vedas and some portion of the Vedas focus their attention on the samsara, on this jagat. Vishaya Veda But here, Arjuna, you become free of the attachment to this world free of your, uh, what do you call, uh, concern about attaining something in the world, but try to gain that realization of the self. Atmavan bhava, that should be your main agenda. While attaining that agenda, You can do whatever other things which come across your way. Like I had given the example of Gangaji also, that the main goal of Ganga is to reach the ocean, which is its destination. Because that is the very source from where Ganga has come. Though it appears she is coming from the high Himalayas, but actually Ganga has originated in the oceans only. So it wants to go back to the ocean. It wants, there is a great zeal, there is a great thirst as though there is a inner urge to move towards the ocean. And she moves. But on the way, she blesses all beings who come in contact with her. The bird, the animal, human being, everyone, environment is blessed by her on the way. But she will not go out of the way to serve the mankind. She will not flow in the desert, but she will continuously flow towards the ocean only. Similarly, a seeker should move towards his ultimate goal of self-realization. On the way, whoever comes, bless them. But don't have to change your path and start blessing the world. Then we will get distracted, and it will not help us, and it will not help the world also. So, Bhagwan tells Arjuna, Atmavan bhava, you realize your own self, get established in your own self. And as an enlightened person, live in this world. But how to do it? He said, Nitya Sattvastah bhava, constantly abide in sattva guru. So there are these three gunas, Sattva guna, Rajo guna, Tamo guna. is uh, laziness, sleepiness and all negative qualities. Rajo guna is full of desire and restlessness and Sattva is that calmness, that peace, that quietude, knowledge, uh, joyful nature, all this is Sattva and it keeps fluctuating in our life. It keeps coming. It keeps coming naturally, all these three gunas. And also we can invoke them through our effort. We can do some sadhana, like japa or like uh, uh, satsang and all, and invoke the sattva guna. But if we, even if we don't do anything, during the day, all these three gunas, they come. Early in the morning, generally, we experience sattva Gun. Then as the day goes by, we experience guna. Then at night, we start experiencing tamogun. So during the day, these gunas keep coming. They are like seasons. So Bhagwan says that whenever sattva Gun comes, you make use of it. And also try to invoke this sattva Gun through your... Special effort. And try to remain there. The more and more you remain in satvagun, the more you will become free of dwandva. Dvandva means the pairs of opposite. Nir Dvandvo Bhava. As he has said, Sukha Dukhe Samekritva Labha Labhav Jaya Jayao. Dvandva means that which goes together. Pairs of opposites which gives happiness and sorrow to us. Normally. So, Bhagwan says, you look at them with equal vision. Remain balanced in both. If a person remains balanced only in a particular situation, then he will become imbalanced in other situations. If a person is balanced only when he is successful, then that person will lose all his balance when failure comes. If a person is balanced only when things are going well, and happy, then that person will lose all his balance when things are not going well. Because the life, our world is made up of dhwanva opposites. It is not made up of only good things, it is made up of bad things also. So Bhagavan says that you look at good and bad with, uh, with proper vision. Not that uh, good you consider as bad and bad as good but accept them as part of this world and remain same internally, they remain balanced internally. That's called nirdvandva. So nirdvandva nitya sattvastaha yoga kshema and become free of yoga and kshema. Yoga means that which we want to acquire, that we, we don't have, we strive to acquire it, And Kshema means we strive to protect what we have. So Bhagwan says become free of this uh, activity, leave it to me and become free of your worries about yoga and Kshema, worries about acquiring and protecting, leave it to me. Because if you get involved into it, there is no end to it, right from beginning to the Last breath, one will be constantly thinking about acquiring and protecting. If you observe your own mind, you will find that this is the, these are the two things which occupy our mind. Constantly we are thinking about things which we have to attain or acquire and things which we have to protect. Protecting our wealth, protecting our health, protecting our house, our family, our this, that. And thinking about acquiring things. Bhagavan says if you keep involving yourself in this type of activity, you will not be able to quieten your mind and know your real self. So keeping away from this worrying about yoga and kshema, treating the dvandvayas equally, you remain established in sattvago nitya sattvastaha bhava that will take you to your own self, Atma You will be able to recognize your own self. So, the, briefly, Bhagwan uh, mentioned about this, uh, the beauty of this path of Karma Yoga. Now, again, one doubt comes in our mind, which is, uh, which is, Eliminated in the next words, the doubt is, or the concern is, that if I follow this path of karma yoga, or if I become too much spiritual, then I will lose something of the world. That is one of the concern which people have. Therefore, they are worried even if their children, or their husband, or their wife, or someone becomes spiritual, they start worrying. Why are you so this? Why are, What has happened to you? And what is this now? Abhi to dekhna hai. Tamasha hai. So we are worried that if I become spiritual, if I follow this path, I will lose something which others are having. Through karma, through indulging with the world, through getting uh, satisfying our various uh, desires and all, we feel that we are getting lot of pleasures, and if I don't involve myself into it, I will lose. So this doubt is cleared in the following verse. Bhagwan says, "Yavan artha udhapane. Sarvata samplutodake Tavan sarveshu vedeshu Brahmanasyavijanataha Yavan artha udapane Sarvata samplutodake Huh. Bhagwan says, that Brahmanasya vijanataha, the seeker, the one who is following this path and finally who realizes the self, who comes to attain the self, such a person who has realized and attained the state of enlightenment, he acquires everything. Whatever is offered in the world is attained by such a person. He gives an example to make it more clear. For example, if we want water to drink or to take bath, we go to a well. In the good old days, they used to go to the well, to the pond, and then remove the water from there and use it. But suppose there is water everywhere then the pond and the little well is also included in that water which is everywhere. The whole place is flooded with water. You don't have to go to a specific place to take, have water or drink it. Similarly, if we want pleasure in this world, we go to a particular object. And the uh, thing is that... uh, uh, Only a specific object seems to give us pleasure. Not because the pleasure is there in the object, but because we have specific desires and specific likes and dislikes. Therefore, you will find the same object will not give happiness to everyone. And the same object will also not give happiness to us for a long time. It also changes. Because the happiness is not in the object, Happiness is in the way we look at that object. It is in the way we think about that object. The way we have projected our likes and dislikes, our uh, idea of greatness, our idea of reality on that object. So, and it is projected with our thinking, with our understanding. Our thinking, our understanding, our feeling constantly changes, therefore the pleasure which is, seem to be coming from that object constantly changes. One day I li- like and I feel happy, next day I don't like it. I can't help it, I don't like it. Some people say, hey, yesterday you liked it so much, why don't you like it? now? I don't like it, what can I do? One child uh, liked tricycle so much that he asked his uncle, Ki, please give me tricycle. I want to play. I want to enjoy. And he could not afford. Then after 25 years, he remembered that my nephew wanted tricycle. So on his birthday, he brought it. And he saw a big packet coming up. He opened it. And he saw a tricycle. He was shocked. He said, I knew, I had a doubt that this, my mama is little, you know. But I never uh, knew it. Never confirmed it. But now it is confirmed. So seeing that tricycle, he was not at all happy. His uncle was also surprised. Why was he not happy? Because that desire has changed. His likes and dislikes have changed. His body has changed. His mind has changed. Therefore, the object no longer gives him pleasure. So we start blaming those objects. But it is not defect of the object remaining same. Our mind keeps changing. So our experience of pleasure and pain of this world depends on our mind, depends on our outlook. It is not in the object. The object doesn't contain pleasure nor does it contain pain. It is just inert, inert thing. When I am asleep and the objects are there, they don't bother me. But when I am awake, when I look at them, when I think about them, When I feel them, I experience joys and sorrows. So, an ordinary person goes to various objects, not knowing from where he is deriving this happiness. He goes after one, from one object to another object, from one situation to another situation, from one person to another person, from one job to another job, from one place to another place. Why? Seeking Seeking that pleasure, thinking that it is out there. It is not out there. It is only in the condition of your mind. It seems that that object will fulfill that condition. It may seem like that for a short time. Then again the condition changes. So this, um, therefore, The person who, hmm. so we keep, see there is a lot of distraction. So condition of the mind changes and then the whole thing changes. So the pleasure which we derive from the world and the pain which we derive from the world is in our mind. Hmm. And But we experience happiness, so it must be there somewhere. If we are experiencing happiness, it must be there somewhere. So, where is it? The scripture says it is in you. And it is experienced when the mind becomes silent. And mind becomes silent when your desire seems to be fulfilled. When I want something, my temporarily, if I get it, my desire seem uh, fulfilled and mind becomes quiet. In that quietitude, I experience the joy which is there inside me. So I try to keep bringing objects going here and there to quieten my mind. Bhagwan says, why are you are putting forth so much effort to quieten your mind by the objects? You can do it by following the path of Karma Yoga. If you follow this path of Karma Yoga, your mind will start becoming more and more peaceful. It will start becoming more and more pure. And without the need for a specific object, you will feel very happy you will feel very peaceful. You will feel the great satisfaction without a need for a particular situation. And ultimately, when we come to realize and recognize ourselves, the whole heart will be flooded with joy. Then one need not go to any objects for pleasure. So therefore, Bhagwan says, keep... A Brahmanasya Vijanataha, the seeker who has ultimately recognized his own self, for him, all that is offered by the Vedas are contained in the self-knowledge. All that is offered by the world, all the pleasures of the world is there within the bliss of the self. It is said that the joy which a self-realized person experiences is more than all the joys of the world and the other world put together. In Tetri Upanishad it is said that just imagine the person who is happy in this world, that is considered as one unit of happiness. A young dynamic person, healthy, having proper values of life, having all the facilities of the world open to him, such a person the joy which he derives is considered as one unit. More hundred times more joy is attained by those who are at a higher plane, more joy is attained by those who are at higher plane in Swarga. In Swarga also Indra Bhagavan attains more joy. Greater than Indra Brahaspati experiences joy. But a person who has gained that knowledge of the self he experiencing he experiences much more. All the joys of the world put together, of the past, of the present and even future, will be like a one drop of the ocean of joy which the self-realized master experiences. We may not be able to comprehend this. But that is what Bhagwan says, that don't have to worry that, oh, I will lose something. You won't lose something. So, you will gain everything so okay, when there is flood everywhere of pure water then what is the use of a little pond or a little well you can get water wherever you are in the same way what is the use of all the things which are offered in the vedas they are they contain they are there in self knowledge but those who don't have this then they seek this pleasure in Swarga, in brahma log, in the various objects of this world only. So this is another very important point which Bhagwan revealed. So after making things very clear to Arjuna that he has to perform his duties with Karma Yoga attitude, now in the following verse, Following two verses, Bhagwan reveals this path of Karma Yoga. These are the most famous verses. Uh, the next one is the most famous verse in the Bhagavad Gita, but it is also most uh, misunderstood verse. So let us read that verse and try to understand. Karman ne Ma phaleshukadachana. Ma karma karmani. Karman neva adhikaras te ma phaleshukadachana ma karma phalahe turbhuhu ma te sangustva karmani. Karmani eva adhikaraha te. Bhagavan says te adhikaraha ya. Right is only in karma, karmani in work, in your work. Ma faleshu kadachana, and not in the result of the action. Ma karma phala bhuhu, do not become the cause to give rise to the effect of karma. We'll go through each one of them. And mate astu a karmani, and do not be attached to non-action or laziness. So the first thing is, karmani eva adhikarha te. had mentioned previously that there are these two sections. One is the saṅkhya buddhi, and another is called yoga buddhi. Saṅkhya buddhi is our ultimate goal. Sankhya, knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of our self. Ultimately, we have to realize and recognize our self. And that can happen only in a state of meditation. We will be able to recognize who we are when we become free from the disturbance of our mind. When we transcend our mind. Otherwise, our experiences are of the mind. They are not devoid of mind. Like for example, I wear some goggles. So whatever the color of the goggles, I will see the world also of the same color. But if I want to know what is the exact color of the world, I have to remove my goggles. At present, we are wearing goggles of our mind and through that we are looking at ourselves and at the world. The rajogun, tamogun and sattvagun create different colors in these goggles and we look at the world. If we want to see ourselves as we are, we have to remove those goggles. But that is not so easy. It's, but only when it is removed we will be able to recognize ourselves. And that happens in the deep state of meditation. What is meditation? When the mind becomes silent. When the mind becomes no mind. When the mind stops functioning. Otherwise the mind constantly thinks and feels and all. Constantly it is active. It is vibrating as though. So when the mind becomes absolutely still, we come to recognize our self. That self-recognition or self-knowing is called Sankhya. Sankhya Buddhi so ultimately we have to know ourselves but in order to reach the state of quietitude of the mind we have to have the take the help of yoga buddhi we have to follow the spiritual practice it is not possible to quieten the mind by just forcefully sitting or by doing some uh, just uh, what do call indiscriminate practice, but it is a systematic process. Because only if we follow that process properly, we will be able to quieten the mind. Mind is restless because of various reasons, but the main reason for the restlessness of the mind is not knowing our own real nature. What is my nature is not known, so mind seeks pleasures in the world outside. So, slowly and steadily, by following the path of karma yoga, upasana, jnana, and then we meditate, slowly the mind becomes quiet and we come to realize ourselves. So, Bhagavan is telling Arjuna, you have not yet reached the state where you can sit and meditate. He is telling that it is not your right now. Your right is in performing your actions with karma yoga attitude. And this question again comes up in the mind of Arjuna. He asks in the third chapter also that if you are if you are saying that ultimately we have to gain that knowledge of the self and which can be attained through meditation, then why don't you allow me to meditate? Why are you forcing me to fight this war? It's a very logical question that if ultimately I have to meditate, then why not meditate now? Bhagavan says, no, now you are not ready for meditation. You will simply sit and agitate. Our Pujya Gurudev gives a very good example to make it very clear. Like only when it comes in a form of picture, it becomes clear. Like in the Uh, Olympics, we have this pole vaulting. I must have given this example before also. I don't remember. So, pole vaulting, you have a long pole and that person has to jump over a huge, I mean, what to call a great length. Hmm. Ordinarily, we can't jump so high. But with the help of the pole, one can jump. So, that person takes the pole and goes Far. He has to jump here, but goes there. He goes there, and from there he comes running, because he has to develop that momentum. He can't just walk as though he's walking in the garden. He comes running, he has to, de- like a flight, a plane taking off. So he comes running there, and then at the right time and the right place, he pushes that uh, pole into the ground, and then takes off, he jumps, if he has run properly, if he has kept the pole properly at the right point, if he had has the all the flexibility of his body, and the way he lifts and all, if he does everything right, he goes up with the pole. But when he reaches a particular height, very important, he has to again turn his body and all like that, something they do. And then, at that point, he has to leave the pole. He has to leave the pole and then jump across. That leaving the pole is very important. Uh, Leaving the pole, he jump across. If he takes the pole, then he will drop, uh, everything will go on the other side. So he has to leave the pole and jump across. So Bhagwan, suppose somebody says that you have to leave the pole and jump across. Then why are you giving me the pole in my hand? If I have to ultimately leave it, then why not leave it now? No, no, no. Now you can't leave. Now you have to hold it. Now you have to use it. Only when you reach that point, you have to leave. Similarly, now we have to, karma is the pole. We have to use it. We have to use it to take us to a certain height. Using that, we reach a particular height. And when we reach that height, we leave that pool. And that is very beautifully revealed in the sixth chapter. In sixth chapter, that is of meditation, Bhagwan says that one who wants to uh, meditate, he has to first start with that karma yoga and reach a height. And once he reaches that height, he has to leave that karma and just quieten the mind and meditate and realize the truth. So here, Bhagwan, after understanding the nature of Arjuna, he had not yet reached the state of quietude, because his mind is very restless. The mind is full of lot of disturbance. So, Bhagwan says, you have to first take the first step. And the first step is karma and most of us are at this level so this is as a advice to all of us that bhagwan says first you begin with karma karmani eva adhikarahate you have a right only in karma yoga not in sankhya as yet it will come but not now now don't sit there and meditate don't spoil the seat don't simply waste your time you are not yet ready get up from there and work with a proper attitude then when the mind becomes quiet you don't have to be told to meditate automatically you will go into the state of meditation so karmani eva te that is the one meaning of this uh, statement Another is, if we compare it with the second statement, Karmani eva adhikarahate ma phaleshu You have right only in action, but you don't have right over the result of action. What does it mean? It means that we have ability, we have control over our action, but we don't have any control Oh, the result of action. The action is performed by us, but the result is given by nature. The result comes. I am not the performer of the result. The result comes. For example, I can throw the ball up in the sky, but I cannot push the ball down. It comes down because of the gravitational law. My role is to throw it up, but then it comes down. I don't bring it down. It comes down according to the laws of nature. I don't have any control over it. Once I throw the ball up, I don't have any control over the ball. If the nature's law is different, it will move differently. If there is a breeze, it will go somewhere else. If something else happens, it will move in a different direction. I have no control. I can predict I can to a large extent uh, say that this might happen, but there is no guarantee. So similarly Bhagwan says that you have control over your action. What does it mean? That you as a human being have got the ability to act, you have the ability not to act, and you have the ability to act differently. That is called control. We as human being We are given this choice by the Lord or by nature to act in a particular way. Suppose the desire comes, I have the power to act, but also I have power not to act. Ah, Suppose I am sitting quietly and then suddenly the thought comes, I want a cup of coffee. Hmm. I have, at that time, I have the power to get up and act towards getting that coffee. I have power to say no to that desire. This is also very important. I have power within me to say no to that desire. And also I have power to do something different. The desire to coffee comes, but I say no, I will just uh, sit and meditate. Do something totally different from what my nature is telling me. These three powers are there, but everyone has got it in a different measure. Depending on how strong we are, it has got, everyone has got in different measure. See the thoughts which come in our mind, we have no control. It comes from the past, it comes from the surrounding, the thought comes, As some desire. We don't have any control over it. It comes from our past impressions. It comes from the present stimuli. It comes. We don't have any control. What you will think after five minutes, you cannot write it down and keep. You don't have any control. In the sense, we don't know what thought will come. But once it comes, we have these three powers. To greater and lesser extent, to follow the thought, to say no to the thought, or to bring a different thought at that point and follow it. These three is very. It's called kartum shakya, a and anyatha kartum Shakyaha. So this is very interesting. So, Bhagwan says, you, Arjuna, or you, as all of us, you have right over your action. And by performing your action rightfully, properly, with proper attitude, that all you have in you, you can change your life, you can change the world, you can change your future also. You can do whatever you can. Hmm. So you have right over your action, but ma phaleshu kadachana, not in the result of action. Because the result depends on totality. Your action may depend on you, but the result depends on totality. The result doesn't depend on me. I may decide I want to go to the market, but there is no guarantee I will reach the market. I may start walking toward the market, but whether I will reach the market depends on the totality. Even one person decides to do some garbat in the market, my going there will be stopped. Or there is a uh, uh, traffic jam, or there is some, the market is closed, or something happens, or that time my friend comes, or something happens, the, I don't know what will happen. Or after performing an action, what result will come, I don't know. So Bhagavan says, if you don't know, then don't worry about it. You just worry about doing what is right. And just do it properly. Don't worry about what will happen and how it will happen and all that. Let me take care of it. Because you don't have a right over it. So if you don't have a right over it, don't keep thinking about it. Because that is called worries worry means thinking about something which we don't have any right worrying about what will happen after 100 years worrying worry simply like for example in the good old days we used to write letter and put it in the post box after that we don't have to worry it will just move in its own pace some moves very fast and some move so slowly that people, there are cases where people have got their letters after 10 years, 20 years. From a postal, Indian postal services, it goes on and on and on. And finally it reached him when he became old. We have dispatched the tricycle to you. <laughs> hmm. So, Bhagavan says, you perform your action and don't put your mind in the result of action. Maa Faleshu Kadachana. Again, Maa Faleshu Kadachana also means that don't get attached to the result of action. Derive joy in performing your action. Then you will be always happy. Because action happens in the present and result come in future. And you cannot, another very interesting thing is, you cannot connect the result with a particular action. You cannot say, oh, I got this result because I did like that. Nothing like that. It is foolish connection. People have all sorts of foolish ideas about it. Especially those who are more religious and all, they have some religious foolish ideas. That day I did not do namaskar. That day I did not place the flower properly. Therefore I got this into this accident, you know. God must be very angry with me. That day while doing puja I looked here and there. So people connect things in a very vague thing, a way. That I did not do this, therefore I am suffering like this. That is the most foolish thing anybody can do. Because you cannot connect there is no cause and effect you will not understand of a karma and the result because the result is the result of comes from the totality you will understand only if you know the entire cosmos like if i take a some handful of uh, sand grains and throw it where exactly each sand grain will fall We will know, only if we know all the forces of nature and gravity and everything, if we can calculate in minute detail, we can know. Otherwise we will not know. Similarly, if I perform action, what result will come, I will know. If only I know all the jivas, what are the actions they are performing, and what is the action which is being performed in the entire cosmos, if I know it. Then I will know what result will come. So Bhagavan says don't break your head in this. You just perform your action and don't get attached to the result. Another very interesting thing is as I said the action is performed in the present and result come in future. Now if I place my happiness, if I place my satisfaction If I place my contentment in the result, I am postponing my happiness, satisfaction, contentment. I will never be happy today, now, because I have already postponed it. If I say that I will be happy only if I acquire this, then till that time I am unhappy. Or less happy. Some people have this also their funny idea. That, okay, if I reach a particular position in life, if I become the manager, I will be happy. If I uh, get into this company, I will be happy. If I acquire this much of money, I will be happy. They they, they, they give themselves a, uh, what you call, a deadline and all those things. That if I get this type of person, I will be happy, or this object. So we are postponing our happiness in future. And we are postponing our happiness in that which we have no control. We are postponing our happiness in things which are controlled by nature. Therefore, we will be always unhappy. So, another secret about Karma Yoga is we have to learn to derive joy in the present moment in our work itself. You be happy in your work itself. Another very interesting thing about karma yoga is that we say that I perform my action, the result will come in future. That means what? That whatever has come now is the result of the past. So the result which perform, you have performed some action, the result has come. So why don't you enjoy it now? So, constantly keep enjoying the results which are coming. And constantly keep performing action. So, there is always great joy. So, Bhagwan says, Focus your attention on karma and don't get attached to the result. Enjoy performing that action. And if you enjoy performing action, you will always be very happy. Hmm. There will not be any sorrow. So, don't, kadachana means never get attached to the result of action. Means, you can plan your action. You can plan where you have to reach. But don't be totally focused there or don't place your mind and your joy and your contentment there. Don't place your contentment in the result of action. Place your contentment in your heart. It's very important. Don't place your contentment by becoming a president or a secretary or becoming some uh, business person or this and that. Place your contentment in your own heart. because if you place your contentment outside, it will never be, you will never be content. In our childhood, we used to have the stories where the king's uh, or princess' uh, heart or what you call soul is to be there in some, some bird and all. Yeah? And that prince will go and try to catch the bird or something like that. So if my happiness is in a bird, it will fly away. Then I will also chase it here and there. We never know where it will sit. See our result. You will know. If you can predict the bird. See when I, when I, when I throw the, I will not throw this watch, but when I throw an inert object up in the sky, I can roughly predict where it will fall. But if I throw a bird in the sky, I cannot predict where it, a live bird, huh? I will not be able to predict where it will go. Never. Similarly, if I perform a dead action, kriya, then I might be able to predict where it will fall. But if I am a alive person, and all our actions are alive, once you perform them, where it will fly, you cannot tell. No one can tell. Neither astrology nor anybody, not even Brahmaji can tell. We can roughly say, but not guaranteed. So Bhagwan says that don't bother your mind with this phala, you just perform your actions. Karmani eva adhikarahate ma phale shukadachana ma karma phalahe bhuhu." Do not get attached to your the result of action in such a way that you are bound by the result. Do not become the cause for the result of action by getting attached to the result. What does it mean? See, when we get attached to the result of action and not focus our attention on our action, then we are bound by nature to be present to take the result. It's very interesting. See, if I perform an action, and with that attitude that when the result comes, I, I want that result. But since the result comes in future, I will have to be present in future to take the result. First is, I will not be in the same condition of my mind. So when the result comes, I might not like it. But that, that is one thing. Another thing is that I will have to be present to accept it. Therefore, I am binding myself into this cycle of karma. That is called karma chakra. I am binding myself to be present in future. I am creating situation in my mind and in, this, in my psychological framework to be present in future. And that itself is called this samsara chakra. So, I am... Continuing with my little personality to be present in future, to accept the result. And as long as that personality is maintained, I won't be able to recognize my infinite self. I hope you are understanding what I am saying. Because I also don't understand what I (laughs) am (laughs) saying. So when I perform an action and I am satisfied with the action itself, then that action gets over with that only. That Bhagavan will explain later on also. It's a very actually so fascinating, this Karma Yoga. So if I perform an action and I am satisfied with the action, I perform with a balanced mind without bothering about the result, then the Karma is performed and it is over and... Just by performing karmas in this way, my mind starts becoming more and more calm and peaceful and serene. But instead of that, if I perform karma and one part of my mind is thinking that when the result comes, I will get great pleasure and I will enjoy it, then I am maintaining that attitude of my mind till the result comes. So I bind myself. I create a, a noose along my around myself to get the result. And that itself is called a bondage. So, hmm, it's called a bondage. Bhagwan says, don't become the cause of your own bondage by getting attached to the result of action. Ma karma phala hetu bhuhu. Don't become hetu cause for karma phala. Hmm. Perform action in such a way, you become free of those actions. Because now when the result comes, why I am in this world? Because constantly I have to take the results of my karmas. Because I had expected them. So I have to be present. It's like suppose you order something from the post, you have to be present to collect it and to pay the money and all Hmm. Certain things like you order and it comes after 7 days, after 15 days or 21 days and all. And in those 21 days you have forgotten that you have ever ordered. And when it comes, you start wondering, Why do you give me this? said, you have ordered. This is your signature. This is your name. So please accept it and pay. So we have to pay, we have to accept. Similarly, if we perform any action, with expectation for result, you should be present to take the result. That is a simple fact. So we make ourselves bound by this attitude of expecting result. Ourself means this, our little personality gets bound. We cannot become free of it. So ma karma phala tur bhuhu. So when we think about it and when we understand that oh karma can be really binding if one gets attached to the result, so why not drop all karma and become free? Why not become totally drop if it is so much janjat hai? So why not just become inactive? Bhagavan says that is also not the way. He says ma, maate sangostu akarmani, don't be attached to inaction, because action you have to perform. Because you have done something, the past which is binding you now, so you keep performing, and by performing itself, you will become free. So, don't get lazy, because becoming lazy and inactive will also not serve the purpose. And that Bhagwan again tells in the third chapter also. Just by renouncing karma, one cannot gain that state of meditation. You cannot gain that siddhi just by dropping action or not performing action. So these are the four things which Bhagavan mentions here that you have to perform action. You have right over action. Don't get attached to the result or don't have the feeling that you have right over the result. You have no control over the result. You don't have choice. But in action you have choice. Then, by not getting attached to the result, you will become free of future uh, bondage. So, become free of this future bondage. Don't get bound by the result of action. And don't be attached to inaction. Laziness. So, after... Revealing these four things, now in the next verse Bhagwan gives the gist of Karma Yoga. And it is most important verse talks about exact attitude in Karma Yuga. Yoga. Kuru karmani, Yoga Kuru Karmani. Sangam Tektva Siddhya Siddhyo Samo Bhutva, Samatvam Yoga Uchyate, Samatvam Yoga Stha Kuru Karmani, Sangam taktvadananjaya Siddhya Siddhyo Samo Bhutva, Yoga so, once you understood that you have to perform action and fully focus on your performance of your action, then how should I perform it? Bhagwan says, yoga sthaha kuru karmani, established in yoga, you perform your action. What yoga? He says, samatvam yoga ujjate, the yoga of samatha, of equanimity, of of uh, sameness, ah, that is better. Of sameness, keep your mind same and perform the action. Sangam Sangamatva, giving up all attachment, attachment to the result. Sidya samo samobhutva, becoming same in siddhi and asiddhi, means in the in the, uh, what you call, um, in the success and in the failure. In the result when it comes, whether it is successful or fail, it doesn't matter. Become same in them. Look at them in the same vision. And this itself is called samatva. And this samatva is yoga. Samatvam yoga uchyate In this yoga of samatva, you remain established and then perform your action. Same what was said before, means keep your mind, in your mind keep an attitude that whatever be the result doesn't matter. It is same for me. But I will focus my attention on performing Today, now, what is right, and I will perform it with an attitude of samarpan, of dedicating it to the totality or to God. So with this attitude, when I perform action, then that action becomes uh, karma yoga. See, there are uh, five things you have to remember in karma yoga. Hmm. Because the little, little things of Karma Yoga Bhagwan keeps revealing in the in the later chapters also. In third chapter he talks about it. Then in the 18th chapter Bhagavan talks about it. And here also he has spoken about it. So when we go through all this, we come to know that there are five important things which you have to remember about Karma Yoga. And this Karma Yoga is a buddhi, is an understanding. So, there are five understandings which you have to remember. The first thing is swadharma buddhi. Hmm. Or maybe that swadharma buddhi is second. First is samatva buddhi. Hmm. Let us start with samatva buddhi. Samatva buddhi. Then second is swadharma buddhi. Third is Samarpan buddhi. Fourth is Asanga buddhi. And fifth is Prasada buddhi. Just remember these five terms. Again I will repeat. Samatva buddhi. Swadharma buddhi. Third is Samarpan buddhi. Asanga buddhi. And Prasada buddhi. These are the five things of Karma Yoga. Samatva Buddhi means bringing that attitude of sameness in the result. This is the most interesting and most fascinating thing. Because this is the crux, like, if we can understand and follow it, we will instantly become free from the attachment to the world. Because we are attached to the world, we are attached to one portion of the world, And we are running away from another portion of the world. We have divided the world as though into what I like and what I don't like. What I want and what I don't want. So I move towards something and run away from something. So constantly I will be moving away and running towards something. And what are those two things? Those two things are called Dvandva. They are always there. Uh, and this Dvandva only gives us joy and sorrow, because we have placed some idea on this Dvandva. For example, victory and defeat, uh, pap and punya, or uh, lab and honey, means gain and loss. All these are Dvandva, and we have placed our idea that I should gain only success, I should not gain failure or I should gain only victory, I should avoid uh, defeat. In this way, I hold on to one aspect of life, and I try to run away from the other. But Karma Yoga is to look at both of them with Samatva Buddhi, because they are the result. Since they are the result, I should not have any uh, 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 insistence on a particular result, I should not be attached to the result. I should not have my uh, opinion about the result. So keep the mind balanced in those results. Samatva. This is the first step. Hmm? As we go along, maybe it will become more clear. So samatva buddhi is the first step. The second step. Very important is swadharma buddhi. In karma yoga, we have to follow the path of righteousness. Dharma. Dharma means path of righteousness. There are two ways in which we take decisions in life. One way is based on what I like and what I don't like. Decision for action. How do you take decision? For any action which we perform, see, before performing an action, we decide. Decide to eat, decide to walk, decide to talk, decide to come, decide to go. But on what basis do you decide? One set of people, or sometimes we decide on the basis of what I like and what I don't like. And this like and dislike exist in our senses, they exist in our mind, they exist in our intellect. And based on that, I decide what I should do. Another way of deciding what I have to do is based on what is right and what is not right. What is right and what is not right. And that is what is called dharma. It is a holistic approach to life. Holistic way of looking at life and deciding what is right and following that right path i may like it i may not like it the, your like and dislike is not important so the first this step of karma yoga is to base our action on the on the basis of right and not on the basis of like and dislike so that is called swadharma anusthan following the path of swadharma Dharma means righteousness, what is right. And there are, last time also I had spoken about dharma and what is right and all. Based on the scriptures and also based on the values, like ahimsa, satyam, asteya, brahmacharya, aparigraha, which is universal, based on also what we we want for ourselves want for ourselves existentially, deeply. I want to exist, so allowing others also to exist is also dharma. I want, I don't want pain, so not giving pain to others also become dharma. In this way, various ways are there in which the dharma is revealed. So based on the scriptures, based on the values of life. Based on the society in which we live, based on my age, based on uh, the environment, we have what is called right. So when we take decisions in life, we have to decide on the basis of what is right, not on the basis of what I like. If I decide on the basis of what I like, it will destroy me and destroy the world also. Whether a person takes decision for his own sake, for the sake of his family, for the sake of his society, or for the sake of the nation, the decision should be based on what is, what is right. Hmm. So that is the, uh, dharma means what is right, righteous path. So that is another important aspect of karma yoga. So first is samatva buddhi, second is that swadharma buddhi. Third is Samarpan Buddhi. Samarpan Buddhi in Karma Yoga, it says that whatever action you are doing, we should do it for someone. Generally, we do action for our own little ego, to satisfy our ego, or to satisfy somebody else's ego. Very interesting. Some people think that satisfying our ego is selfishness. But satisfying somebody else's ego is also equally foolishness only. We sacrifice ourselves, oh I should not do for my sake, you know, I should do for that other person's sake. And that other person has got all selfish attitude and I am doing for that person, then I am encouraging selfishness. Some people have the feeling that sacrificing their own joy and their own comfort and for somebody else is a great thing. But who is that somebody else? If that somebody else is a selfish person, you are sacrificing for selfishness. You are sacrificing for pride. You are sacrificing for laziness. You are sacrificing for anger, jealousy, fear. That is not called dharma. Dharma is you have to dedicate your action to Ishwara, to that universal person who is existing in everyone's heart. Means the action should be dedicated for the welfare of all as much as possible. Not only welfare of human beings, but welfare of animals, birds, plants, welfare of nature. That's called Ishwara. Ishwara means everyone and everything. So Samarpan to Ishwara. In later chapter Bhagavan will say that whatever you do, Tattat kurushva mad arpanam. Whatever you do, as karma, as tapa, as yaga, as dana, all you offer to me. Offer to me means there is no Ishvara sitting in heaven. Ishvara is there in everyone's heart. Ishvara sarva bhutanam riddesher He is existing in everyone's heart. So dedicate your action to that Ishvara who is in everyone's heart. That's called Samarpan. Each aspect will be, it will keep coming. Actually, the the Bhagavad Gita, the best thing about Bhagavad Gita, it keeps explaining itself. Bhagavad Gita itself is its own good commentary. What Bhagavan says briefly here, he will explain elaborately somewhere else. So, you should be patient enough to go through the whole Bhagavad Gita. Hmm. So, Samarpan, that is the third aspect. Fourth is asangata, asanga uh, asanga buddhi. Asanga buddhi means, asanga means non-attached. Non-attached to what? To the result. Non-attached to the result of action. Means not to place your mind in the result. Whatever result comes, will come according to the laws of nature. So don't be attached to the result but just perform your karmas because it has to be performed. Don't perform in order to gain a particular result or to, uh, if that result doesn't come I will not perform, nothing like that. You do what is right and whatever comes, it will come, it will be good only or even if bad thing comes, doesn't matter, you do what is right. See when a person is performing what is right, there is no guarantee that good things will come in his life. Sometimes bad things will come. Lot of tragedy, lot of problem may come. But you keep doing what is right, what can you do? There is no choice. Hmm. So keep performing what is right. There is a story of, uh, um, what is his name, Uh, who kept, kept speaking truth, the king. Harishchandra. Just speak truth. Lot of calamities, lot of problem came in his life, but he held on to it. But all those problems were like a test in his life. And in the scripture it is says, Satya Meva Jayate. Ultimately Satya will win. Dharma will win. And that is the very crux of uh, the message of Mahabharata also. Yato Dharmaha Tato Jayaha. That wherever there is Dharma, there only lies victory we might feel that no 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 victory is somewhere else but ultimately it is with dharma so that is the fourth and the fifth is prasada buddhi Prasada buddhi means in the result which comes you accept the result as prasad of bhagwan see when we perform puja and all and whatever prasad we took it with we take it with lot of respect and we consume it. We don't say, hey, ganda, hey, Prasad do. We take it with all respect. So that attitude should be there in the result which comes. Because whatever I am getting now is the result of my karma only. So it is the prasad which I am getting. So accept it. Don't be a spoil sport. Don't say, No, no, why this has come and why me and why I am suffering and all. It is a prasad. Lelo. That is one thing. But prasad also means prasannata of your heart. Prasannata. The joy. And that also is part of karma yoga. That be happy in whatever result comes or whatever the situation, there should be great joy in the heart. It will come as we follow the path of karma yoga. Prasad buddhi. Ah. And this, all this buddhi is called yoga buddhi. And this yoga buddhi will take us into sankhya buddhi. Means it will lead us into the knowledge of the self. Ultimately. In the later on verse, Bhagwan will say that when we reach the state of prasada, that total uh, joy in our heart, uncaused, uncaused means uncaused by the external circumstance but which comes from within is called prasad, prasannata which is experienced from within the joy which we experience without any cause in the world outside it's called prasad and when we experience that joy we will go into the state of meditation huh? and we will become free of all sorrow prasade sarva dukhanam, Hani rasyo pajayate Prasanna cetaso yashu buddhi paryavatishtate Later on Bhagavan will, in this chapter itself, he says when we experience that prasad, you will become free of all sorrow and your buddhi will get established in the state of samadhi. So this is briefly what is karma yoga, that remaining established in that samatva, you perform your rightful action. The rightful actions are called duties. So rightful action you perform free from attachment to the result, accepting both success and defeat in the same way you keep working and that will help you to attain this uh, quietitude of your mind and ultimate result of your life, that is enlightenment. More we will see in our class tomorrow. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Bhjana Hari Om